Hello everybody, welcome to the first Pensions in 10 of 2024. Happy New Year to you. This week we take a look at um, things you might have missed since we last spoke to you. We also look at the regulator's latest prosecution of a trustee and we also look at HMRC going after the victim of scams. However, before we get into that, we must also tell you there is now a new web page, a Pensions in 10 web page, which will be linked in the post where you can see all our previous episodes and obviously the latest one. And you can also subscribe to get notifications of future episodes as and when they drop. How exciting. So please do that. Do so click on that link. Give us your details and we will contact you when new Pensions in 10 drop. Well, Dave, we're back after a brief hiatus. Do you want to just run through some of the stories that we've seen at the very end of last year and the beginning of this one? Yeah, yeah, just a few um, little stories. So uh, the regulator has issued some updated guidance on cyber security. Um, I know from talking to my clients, this is a big a big topic for them, uh, making sure they understand the risks involved with cyber security. Obviously, we had some well-publicized cases last year involving third-party administrators um, and the ombudsman. So this updated guidance is, is a bit of a rewrite to the guidance they had, I think, 2018, 2019. Don't quote me. But there's also some stuff in the general code, which is coming. So that's there's some cyber stuff in there. One of the big changes in um, this round of guidance is the regulator wants to be informed when things are happening. So if, if schemes, trustees, providers have issues, they want to, the regulator wants you to tell them basically that, that something's happening. I think up until now, that hasn't really been um, well publicized. The regulator would like to keep keeping the loop on these things. So that's the big the big one there. Um, I'm just gonna keep going, Simon, unless you jump in. Oh, please in. do, please do. So, I'll, I'll uh, jump in if I need to. Yeah, yeah. So we've got um, Pazza have been doing some work on dashboard. So they've done some um, connection guidance. So this is good. You know, we're pleased to see this to our friends at Pazza. So hi guys. So we're pleased they're doing this. It does keep the pressure up a little bit on providers and again, trustees to, while the deadlines and the dates, we had the, the reset in March last year. And, you know, we know there's been problems with the dashboard delivery. That's not to say it's not going to happen. It is going to happen. So we still need to keep working on it. So this is really helpful stuff. So we'll be pouring over that and um, raising that with our clients um, over the next few weeks and months. Um, the PPF uh, continues to be busy. They've um, confirmed the levy rules for the 24-25 levy year. So this is well publicized um, last year. So they're going to collect 100 million um, across the schemes in the DB uh, universe covered by PPF protection. And um, I know this is controversial. In our feedback response, we said we would like to see some legislative change to allow them to collect a lower levy, even zero. And the PPF have acknowledged that they are working with DWP to get some legislation through on that to make that the case. So that's good. Um, also on the PPF, they've issued some updated guidance and some new guidance on uh, what to do around insolvency. Um, so that's interesting. There's some new things in there. So they're well worth um, taking a look at. I don't know if you've had a look at those, Simon. I know that's an area that you would take interest in. Yeah, that's a, that's an update. And of course, uh, we had the uh, update from the regulator, the pensions regulator, on what to do with mergers and acquisitions. And of course, if we get the new notifiable, uh, notifiable events regime, uh, I'm obviously not back up to speed yet with my uh, my speaking since uh, since Christmas break. <laughs> But the new notifiable events regime, uh, if that comes in, that also will uh, will crystallise that from the regulator. Yeah, yeah. So that's all good. That's all tying that together. Um, I think the last one, look at my little list here. Yes, I think the last one, my little roundup, is the Ombudsman. I mean, we've talked about the Ombudsman more than I thought we ever would on these things. Um, but the Ombudsman um, has issued a couple of things. They issued their report on their previous year and also their corporate plan for the future. 
And I think the key thing to note out of these is that complaints are on the rise. So they're seeing a 17% rise into last year and they're expecting a further rise. Um, so they currently have around 7,000 complaints a year. They're expecting 10,000 complaints a year from this year and going forward. So a very busy time. Um, it's a little bit difficult to put a finger on what the sort of the, the trend is for complaints, but there's one of the things they know is that people are becoming far more aware of their benefits. People are more engaged, there's that word. Uh, people are far more engaged with their pensions and so perhaps spotting where errors have been made a little bit better than maybe they had in the past. Um, also, the cost of living crisis is focusing the mind. People are, are are counting the pennies and so perhaps paying a bit more attention. And so that is creating a few more cases of, of complaint. Um, Paul Maynard, the pension minister, has um, pledged some more funding as well to, to sort of acknowledge the fact they're going to be more busy. So, um, yeah, a busy time for the Ombudsman. They've also updated a fact sheet on their competent court case, the thing that we talked about last year as well, around um, overpayments. So we encourage trustees to make sure you're aware of that as part of your process if you're um, recovering overpayments um, from pension members. Now, just following on from that, of course, the Pensions Ombudsman have appointed Anthony Arter, former Pensions Ombudsman, as interim chair. Um, obviously, following the uh, the sad loss of uh, Caroline Brooks last year, that's um, uh, very sad indeed. So he's he's taking that on with with reluctance. Um, uh, but uh, that's that's one thing there. And you mentioned Paul Maynard. Uh, we should, of course, note that the pensions minister is in the news, uh, not for necessarily the best reasons uh, of late. So obviously, we hope for longevity of a pensions minister that uh, that he, he comes through that. But of course, politically, we've no idea where where that may end up. Mm -hmm. Okay, Simon, so the regulator has um, started the year with a bang with um, a prosecution of a trustee involved in employer related um, investments. And I think this is one you've been looking at. It is. Uh, yeah, former Worthington employee pension top up scheme trustee, a chap called Stephen Smith. It's been given a 10 month jail term, which has been suspended for 12 months. He also needs to do 150 hours of unpaid work in the community, community service, as we all know it and pay a thousand pounds towards prosecu prosecution costs. Um, as you say, it's um, connected to employer related uh, investment. There were five prohibited loans totaling around 700,000 um, that were erratically repaid, I think the uh, the phrase was. Um, it just goes to show that you, 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 as trustees, you are, unable to do that. Um, you're not allowed to invest um, large amounts in an employer or loan to an employer for very good reasons. Uh, those of us that remember Robert Maxwell, there's one of them uh, and a particularly large reason at that. Um, so yeah, the regulator uh, successfully prosecuted and rightly so, I think, Dave. Yeah, no, it's good news. Good news to see the regulator using their powers um, appropriately to, uh, to stop people from doing these things or put members benefits um, at risk. Ultimately, you know, if you're investing, the whole point is if you're investing in this circular way, that's um, that potentially that, that risk members benefits. So, yeah, no, we're happy to see this. Or, or indeed um, putting a risk on the uh, on the PPF. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's it's good from uh, from every perspective, really. Yeah. I see, Dave, that the Financial Times, Robert Wright, has been reporting on some unfortunate news for those that have suffered at the hands of pension scammers. Yeah, and this is a story that comes around um, every now and again because it's been well known. If you, there are occasions if you can be scammed out of your pension, or you received benefits from um, uh, from a scam scheme, 
that HMRC will deem those as unauthorised payments. So sometimes it's the investments could be seen as unauthorised because the scheme is not a bona fide pension scheme or the payments to you aren't bona fide payments. So you get this thing called the unauthorised payments charge, which is around 55% of the value of the payment or the value of the investments. Um, and so HMRC are being reported on going after people that have been scammed out of their pensions. Um, and it's real, it feels like a real kick in the teeth in, in some ways, you know, you have these people who have been a victim of a scam, so they've been convinced to, to invest in something that isn't a bona fide investment, and they've lost thousands of their retirement income, um, or potentially all of it. And then HMRC come along and say, because you've received some funds or because your investment is held in this pension, we want 55% of that value as an upfront tax charge, um, as a tax charge. And yeah, I, I have quite a lot of sympathy with the with the victims of this. Yes, they've received some funds in some cases, and so a tax charge is due by the letter of the law. And in the story, Margaret Snowden, who's um, uh, you know, an advocate for, for scam protections from across the industry, and I, I agree with her point of view where she makes that um, HMRC should really be going after the criminals um, and going after those that have created these scam arrangements and get the money out of them. Sometimes we're talking, you know, in the big scheme of things, of, of you know, the trillions being held in pension schemes, you know, we're talking thousands of pounds, which is significant for an individual. But HMRC could probably be better spend their time getting the money out of the um, out of the criminals, in my in my view. And I do have some sympathy for these people that have made these bad decisions. Sometimes, for whatever reason, you know, the 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 seller was very good and very convincing, or the or they're just their desire to improve their their lives has, has made them make this this bad decision. You know, I don't think anyone could argue it's a, a bad decision ultimately, but it does feel a real shame that they get this this sting in the tail as well. I agree, Dave, um, and I agree with what Margaret says. Go after the people that have intentionally done something wrong, uh, and there needs to be a distinction between those people that have tried to access a pension um, and evade tax then of course they should be targeted by HMRC. But those that are not financially literate, perhaps, those that are emotionally uh, vulnerable, they, they may have lost a, a close relative, they may be um, uh, under financial pressure and trying to save their house. Uh, there, mm. there are lots of different reason, reasons, there are many shades of grey here. Mm. And just for HMRC to go, you were suckered into this scam, so now we're gonna hit you as well does seem particularly unfair when the scammers are getting away scot-free. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dave, that concludes our first week back of 2024. Thanks, as always, to our viewers. Please keep commenting, drop us an email. Don't forget, of course, that Pensions in 10 now has its own funky new webpage. Uh, we'll make sure the link to that is in the LinkedIn post. And also our latest broadcast, which is me chatting to the brilliant Chloe Taylor of Quiet Room. We'll make sure that link's in there as well. So do go along and listen to that. The broadcast, incidentally, you can listen to on Spotify. So while you're walking around on your commute or if you're driving in your car, which is what I usually do. But thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you next week.